Thank you for listening to the Gospel Boldly podcast, where we confess with St. John saying, These things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. We're your hosts. I'm Thomas Lemke. And I am Pastor Eric Brown. And I like and your beard. Uh, well, he, here, here's my, my, my thing. I, as is my family custom, I uh, give up cutting the hair during Lent. Mm-hmm. Uh, for my uh, my my uh, clean-shaven grandfather and uncles, this was uh, an onerous, onerous task, and they would happily go back to clean-shaven on Easter. So, I mean, it's kind of a, a big visual thing. They'd get more and more haggard through Lent, and, <laughs> and they show up Easter morning clean-shaven, like, yeah, he has risen, I get to shave. Nice. Well, I, I normally wear a beard, but I normally keep it relatively short. Well, I didn't shave at all, um, and my wife did not want me to trim the beard short so I, I i made it more neat and i i i edged it like i normally like to edge it but yeah it's kind of a big happy bushy thing <laughs> that's not not quite not quite trucker not quite hipster but just very full and thick and and the wife is happy so therefore look i've got a nice full thick beard because again that's why how i do it too uh, I tend to be backwards on beard length my beard tends to be shorter in winter and longer in summer mm-hmm Probably because I'm afraid of sunburns, and this gives me shade. I Fair. mean, like, okay, that that's a terrible joke. <laughs> all right, so, all right. Well, how are you doing, Thomas? Doing all right. Doing all right. Uh, enjoyed the Easter like, festivities, and now we're, I guess, back to the rest of the church here. Yeah, I, uh, okay. Actually, in case anyone hears anything strange in the middle of the recording of this episode, um, due to an odd, odd, architectural quirk of our church here in Hersher. I have a bathroom just off my office and for some reason the access to the sound system is in the side of the bathroom. It's like, Hmm. I think it used to be just a closet. They're like, oh, let's throw in a bathroom here for the pastor. And uh, we've been having some sound problems. So so they're uh, working on the sound today. So on occasion I have people randomly running into my office bathroom to fix the sound so but there we go that'll work what was i even talking about i don't remember all right well let's dive back on in with something interesting um uh my my easter went well except for the fact that uh we did uh two services on good friday which was new for him and then we also did an easter vigil which was new for him and, and we had good attempts at that but I ended up having six services in just a short time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. And I'll fill the silence while you talk to the sound guy with your cough button on. <laughs> and, uh, so we, we, we had this, uh, <laughs> we, we had this, uh, great service and such. And then we had two on Easter morning and I was doing great until right about the preface second service when my voice gave out, mm-hmm. I mean, just rah, into the tank. Of course, it was fun to be chanting instantly oh. go into the tank. And like, nice. oh, I just butchered the proper preface. Happy Easter, everyone. I, <laughs> you, you, you folks who only come this day will like, why is he singing if he sounds like that? <laughs> so, uh, all the good stuff. So. Nice. Cool. Well, speaking of the Easter festivities, we're, I guess, doing now a throwback church calendar wise to uh, hey let's do way back wednesday <laughs> looking at at 
John 12, right? As we are recording on a Wednesday, yes, that works. So John 12 being, what, the triumphal entry, right? Oh, oh yeah. So it will be a throwback Thursday for y'all mm-hmm. eventually. Yeah, okay. Well, whatever, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we should really get into the scripture because we're not <laughs> that interesting, Thomas. All With right. all haste. So, all right. 12-12, right? 12-12, you got it. Let's pick up there. The next day, a large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the king of Israel. And Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, just as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples, oh, okay. Okay. Now let's just think about what's going on here. We have the triumphal entry, and we get a few details. You have a large crowd doing this. So, mm-hmm. I mean, this is a, a a popular movement. And what are they calling? Hosanna. What What is the, the point, the emphasis of Hosanna? In fact, do you remember what the word Hosanna means? No, I, I learned it. I, I don't. Hosanna means save us now. So it, it, it's a salvific cry. And and so they're they're blesses the one who comes in the name of the Lord. So so yeah, you are coming with God's own authority. Even the King of Israel. All right, you're the Son of David. I mean, this should be all the great good messianic stuff. In fact, he even rides into town on a donkey. Now, of course, when David went into Jerusalem, what was he riding on? Or was that Solomon? One of them. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I think it was Solomon. I think it was yeah, Solomon. I, Solomon. I, wasn't it the same thing, or was it a horse? He was riding in on a donkey. Yeah, so that's I'm, what I'm thinking. This is Actually, I've flipped open to First Kings just to check that out right now, actually. Uh, all right, all right. But go on. This is, this is well-prepared. Of course. Podcast radio. Yeah. All right. So so what you have is you have this utterly messianic scene. And this is this is Palm Sunday. This is, this is well, within a week he's going to be crucified. But, but note this, we want to go and look at this in highly, highly theological terms. We want to go look and say, this is messianic, meaning, look, it's the Son of God coming in to go and defeat sin and death. That may not have been the expectations of the time. Because often the question becomes, what did you want your Messiah to do? Mm-hmm. Was his job to be to suffer and die and rise? Well, not even the disciples get that. Right. So what you're having is you're having the this fever pitch of almost rebellious fervor. So, I mean, there's a reason why the, the chief priests and the scribes are kind of like, yeah, he's going to cause a riot and get us all killed. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, the Roman, isn't it like the 10th Legion or something stationed there this time because of all the riots they'd had? Pilots well, on yeah. edge and all that? And what happens 40 years or so down the road when they do have a revolt around some other messianic figures? That the temple Romans is going. <laughs> but, I mean, it, it, it's great irony and, and sadness, but so much of that fervor is misplaced. And, and this is one of the things that comes up. What do you expect your Jesus to be? Mm-hmm. What are you expecting your God to do? If you're expecting your God to be the the daddy warbucks in the sky who gives you great, great everything and make sure your life never has any hardship in it, well, pretty soon you're going to turn on that God because that's not what that's not what the God of scriptures promises. 
Now, what does the God of Scripture promise? Uh, that we walk the same course as his son walked towards the cross in this life. And, and, and what is the result? What does he give to us? Eternal life. Eternal life, forgiveness. When, when you look for these things from God, when you look for, for comfort, when you look for the fact that your sins are forgiven, you will not be disappointed in God. If that's the type of Messiah you're expecting, then, hey, great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, he, he is marching into Jerusalem for Holy Week. And, and the result is what I want, him dead on a cross and then him rising from the tomb. That, that's good. It's what we wanted. The, the next week works out perfectly. In fact, we'll even call Friday good. Mm-hmm. But if you're expecting the glorious revolution, if you're expecting uh, Jesus to, to go into Jerusalem and and build the bigger wall around it and make Israel great again and, and give everyone free college <laughs> tuition and and uh, uh, raise the minimum wage, note how I did both sides of the, yeah. I, I do like that. Yeah, yeah. Th- then you're going to be disappointed and, and there's a, re- ooh, ooh, ooh. If someone someone's going to give me a bunch of great stuff and then I don't think what they're giving me is all that great, what happens to my attitude for them? It sours. Oh. So think of you can think of Holy Week as as the 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 folks around Jesus reaching a fever pitch but then realizing maybe he's not giving what we wanted. Mm. So Fair enough. Okay. So what happened to Judas? Yeah. So in that case, on 16, verse 16, his disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written about him and had been done to him. The crown that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to bear witness. The reason why the crowd went to meet him was that they heard he had done this sign. Now, even again, think on this. You've got that focus on raising from the dead. So you should have some, some oomph coming that. Oh, look, the resurrection should, should be coming. There's a difference, though. It's one thing if I'm wanting the glorious revolution where we're going to overthrow the evil Romans. If that's my goal, if that's my endgame, if that's what I'm thinking— Oh, dude, this guy can raise people from the dead. That means even when I go fight, who cares? I mean, I'll get up and get to fight again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's really cool. But on the other hand, when you've got, well, yeah, he's raised from the dead because, you know, that's what God wants to do and give everyone life, including life to those, you know, the the Romans you don't like because it's going to be like salvation for the Gentiles, too. ha <laughs> ha Wait, what? Huh? No, no, no. This is about us stomping them, not being reunited with them and the separation between Jew and Gentile being brought asunder and, uh, or being not brought asunder, being, being put on asunder. Being sunder. Well, no. I can't. Ah! <laughs> English, you have failed me. Erg. So being, being reunited, being reconciled. There, that's a good word. That'll work. Reconciling the world to himself in Christ. Hey, great stuff. Perfect. So, now, do we want to pause there for a break? Or Oh, no, 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 no. Get the next verse. Okay. So the Pharisees said to one another, You see that you are gaining nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. And this is when people just throw up their hands and say, Yep, we can't control this mob. 
Dude, the Jesus, his his numbers are pulling really high. We should just kind of pull out of the race at the moment. And and so, well, there, there you go. So Cool. And now we break. All right. And we're back on the Gospel Boldly podcast, and and we're gonna we're gonna debut a new segment today. Are you ready, Thomas? I'm ready. All right, we are we are entitling this this segment "Backwards Vocation in Life." Mm-hmm. Now, the reason we're gonna call it backwards will be clear for in a moment. But but if I just say vocation, Thomas, what am I talking about? You're talking about the doctrine of calling, that which we do in our everyday lives that. Uh incorporates our, our daily work for not only for our bread, but also for our neighbor in the form of fathers, sons, mothers, that which we do to serve one another on a daily basis. Um, the, the person, if you want to look up online, Gene Veith, V-E-I-T-H, for is sure. I think the, 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 the best living American guy on vocation. I mean, just hands down that this is kind of his ballywick. Mm-hmm. Um, but vocation really takes the premise that that wherever we are at in our lives, our, our various jobs, our various duties, our position in life, our station in life, these are things given to us by God and in which we are to love and serve the neighbor. And uh, we often get a lot of things that, that deal with that. Like, for example, you've heard, love your neighbor. That, that's a, a, a straightforward way. In your vocation, show love to your neighbor. That, that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. For sure. Now, think back on your small catechism days. All right. Are you ready, Thomas? <laughs> this is over a decade pick, now. Dang. Pick one of the uh, second table commandments. Okay. Commandments four through, well, actually, you could do two through ten. You could even do the first table. First commandment doesn't quite work. Okay. But, but, and pick a commandment, Thomas. Very well. Uh, let us what go with want to talk about? thou shalt not murder. All right. What does this mean? Fifth commandment, you shall not kill. Go on. <laughs> we should fear and love God. Not, fear and love God so that we do not hurt nor harm our neighbor and his body. Mm-hmm. But, now, and there's that but where, where Luther, I should actually get the length. See, you picked the one that's the hardest one for me because I learned thou shall not kill. And now it's, oh, you shall not murder. And, uh, right. <laughs> but, but help and support him in every physical need. Right. There, there's, there's an outward flow and an inward flow, a positive and a negative. Don't kill, but that also implies that you should help. Right. That, that should help is almost the, the backwards part of it, where, where, where you have that adage, don't kill, that command, that instruction, but it's not fulfilled just in the, 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 the I'm following that to the letter, but there's that implication mm-hmm. of, of a, a bigger fullness. Um, what I want to do with the backwards is focus on the back end of stuff. Okay. So if you hear "don't kill," rather than just "these are the ways I can go about not killing people who annoy me," <laughs> but rather how how can I help and serve them? Uh-huh. Okay. Uh huh. Okay. And just as a, a simple one, this this is one of my my famous blog posts. Uh, you, you get the whole idea. the the to, The summation of the law is. Love God, love your neighbor. Right. All right. That that's that's that way. Here's my backwards take on loving your neighbor. Do you know what backward the the backwards take on on love your neighbor is? I do, but would you rather say it? 
I'll let you say it. Don't be a jerk. Don't be a jerk. <laughs> now, now, think about this, because because when we talk about about loving your neighbor, that that's focused on. Okay, go go serve them. Backhanded way. Basically, that also implies don't be a jerk. Mm-hmm. I mean, if my job is to love my neighbor, I, I can think of all the things that I'm doing to love them. But again, just as a, a, the other side of that coin, while I'm loving them, I don't need to be a jerk. I, now, now I, I will contend that that don't be a jerk works pretty well to sum up or guide or, or direct all of our interactions. Mm-hmm. Thomas, is there an occasion where you get to show love to your neighbor by being a jerk? An occasion? I mean, <clears throat> conceivably, for instance. Well, I mean, I, I suppose it determines or depends upon how you define jerk. So well, if I'm disciplining my son, he may see it that way. But, but maybe in but reality, even, that's not... But even when you discipline your son... Mm-hmm. Is the goal to to set discipline, or is it to let yourself be jerky to them? And look, I'm justified because I can be a jerk here because this is this is the time when I'm I'm doing a good thing. I'm just showing them. Love. Well, yes, but did you have to be jerkish about it? Right, right. In fact, uh, d- doesn't doesn't Paul tell that fathers that they're not to provoke their children to wrath? Yeah, don't exasperate. So in other words, <laughs> discipline them without being a jerk. Right. I, I, the the exception I can think of is Gordon Ramsay on Kitchen Nightmares or Hell's Kitchen or whatever. <laughs> that that being a jerk to the cooks is part of his vocation. There that 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 that's sort of the shtick of the show that lets them all get paid. Fair enough. Okay. But but that I, I, you are not Gordon Ramsay. Right. Dealing with your neighbor, unless Gordon Ramsay's listening, in which case, hello Gordon. I I I I, I love your cooking shows. <laughs> but but you're you're probably not Gordon Ramsay. So. Don't be a jerk. I mean, seriously. What a great way of looking at something is, all right, in my attempted plan to accomplish my goal, even if it is a good goal, am I going about it in a jerkish way? And if you are, reconsider. Because, I mean, yeah, you're, you're, you are you may be loving your neighbor, but let's talk about how you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Just like, oh, I'm not killing them. I'm not harming them. Yeah, but are you actually helping them improve their body and life? So, does that suffice? I believe so, yes. I I guess I would add, though, or as a question, does this kind of, on one level, strike at the heart of the question that the rich young man asked Jesus about, you know, all these things I've I've kept since my youth, does it kind of serve to undercut that claim a little bit? A lot of it does, because one of the the dangers we can have of, of theology is the, the, the danger of the great giant checklist, where mm-hmm. we look at the law and say, I've done this, does without any thinking of how well we've done it or how we could have done it better. Mm-hmm. Because part of the, the part of the law is be perfect as your father in heaven is perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> Even though I say it, Brown's Guide to Christian Living is don't be a jerk. Guess what I am quite often, Thomas. Yeah, yeah. Epic fail. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean, part of the reason why I, I think it's important to look at things this way is, on the one hand, so that you actually have a, a focus on what you should strive for in your own personal development, growth, blah, 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 blah. 
but also so you don't get cocky. So that you understand that you're always going to need to repent. Because again, when you always need to repent, when you always see and understand your sinfulness, when you never move beyond that, you never move beyond wanting a Jesus who's your Savior. And Jesus is always your Savior. Mm -hmm. Now, if you think you're all that in a bag of chips, well, you might only need a Jesus who gives you awesome blessings that you deserve. <laughs> but uh, in reality, God's not giving you the punishment that you would have disturbed deserved otherwise apart from Christ. but So it just helps keep your focus on your own sinfulness. Mm -hmm. That way you may see your great Savior. Mm -hmm. If you think you're just a little sinner, you're only going to need a little Savior. Right. If you know the greatness of your sin, you will marvel at the even greaterness of your Savior. Even greaterness? It oh. works. Oh. <laughs> God, God died to save us from sins of uh, abuse of uh, songs and grammar and all that good stuff. So, all right. Cool. Any other thoughts there? So, so if you want to, you can send us, drop us Facebook messages. Uh, do we have an email? I can't even remember. Uh, not for Gospel Boldly. No, currently. we don't. We've got a Twitter account. You can put it up on the Twitter. We're Thomas and, and Eric Brown. Thomas Lumpke, Eric Brown, you can find us. Drop us a note. If you have an aspect of, of uh, vocation, an aspect of the law, an aspect of Christian living, of what we should do that you'd like to take a, a backwards look at. Cool. Sounds All good. Right. Well, let us then take a frontwards continuing look at Scripture, I guess. That's my oh. attempt at a transition. Actually, Thomas, that could be something good. We, we could, the next book of the Bible we do, we could read through it backwards. Interesting. Okay. I don't know. Okay. We we probably won't do that, but let's carry on. You can move it. Yeah. Well. No, no. I mean, I, I mean, like, take the chapters. Okay. All right. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. No bath. <laughs> All right. So, uh, verse 20 in chapter 12. Now, among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. So these came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Now, note, this is an interesting little juxtaposition here, because as we just said, you've had a lot of the Jewish people in a, a great, yeah, woo restore the, make, make Judea great again, yay! And right away in John's Gospel, who, who comes up? Uh, some... some some of the goy, the Gentiles, the, the, the bad people are come up. Some, some, some Greeks. And, and remember, too, while the Greeks weren't the Romans, the Greeks were also... The Greeks were the weird ones. I mean, the, the Romans at least were good and martial and powerful and were used to dealing with the Egyptians and, and even the Babylonians. The Greeks were a little weird. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's just sort of like, oh, okay. But right away, you're you're setting up this this dichotomy of of wait wait no no that that shouldn't be what we're expecting. So, but what does Jesus say? Uh, and Jesus answered them, "The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world." will keep it for eternal life. 
If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Now, this is a famous passage. Uh, often get, will get used at funerals. Mm. Oh, yeah. My aunt died recently, and that's totally what was read at her funeral. But here's my question in context, Thomas. Okay. Why is this the answer that Jesus gives to Andrew and Philip when they mention that some Gentiles, some Greeks want to come to him? I mean, you're, you're posing the very question that came to mind as the text was read. I don't know. Well, think about it. What does what Jesus say? The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Mm-hmm. We've mm-hmm. just heard, oh, they didn't understand what was going on until he was glorified. The, the Jewish people, the disciples, don't understand what's going on. But look, you have, I'm not going to remain alone. If it dies, it bears much fruit. Look at the fruit that's getting ready to ripen. Not only is it going to be a fruit for the, the Jewish people, but it's going to be a fruit even, even for the Gentiles, even for the weirdest of the Gentiles, even for the Greeks. <laughs> right. So, so what you have here is you have this beautiful response of, of, look, yeah, things are going bigger and more beyond than what you can think. It's not just a little local Jewish, hey, we're going to have our own country type of stuff. But look, there's going to be death. There's going to be resurrection. There's going to be folks from afar coming in. It's going to be massive salvation, massive forgiveness, massive justification. The sins of the world are going to be taken away, guys. And this is the whole point. And and if you love your life in this world, if your focus is upon your station and getting things better in this life, a better Jewish nation, you missed the point. Uh-huh. But if you're willing to go beyond and and abandon your own glory, visions of glory, your own glory day, if you're if you're willing to be, dare I say, a stranger in a strange land, which is what the Greeks would have thought of Jerusalem, and to see the the wonders of Christ, then you have that 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 great joy. Whoever, if anyone stirs me, you must follow me, and where I am, they, there my servant will be also. So, I mean, you do get that interplay. Now, again, we apply this generally today to our entirety of our lives in Christ. We follow Christ, we even do follow him into death, because after that comes the resurrection. But you do get this giant, hey, this is for the Gentiles, too. So, I'm assuming your your aunt was not Jewish. No. <laughs> then it was still a very, very highly appropriate text for her funeral as well. Nice, nice. Cool. All right, All right we will jot away to the break and be back shortly. I have Jewish hands. And we're back, continuing on in the Gospel of John, coming up on uh, verse 27. Anything uh, of note from before the break that we want to finish up, wrap up, tie up, deal with? Just a note. We, We put a break here. In the text, normally, I mean, I, I look over at my ESV and it says, the Son of Man must be lifted up. Jesus is still talking. I mean, we're, this is all that, that same episode. So they've come into the holy city, and now most of the other Gospels like, enter Jerusalem, then go whip stuff. Yay! Whip it good in the temple. Um, <laughs> jo- John's already talked about Jesus going turning over money changer temples table. So he, he brings this thing. You have the, the Gentiles coming in and, and all this. And so Jesus is talking and points to the crucifixion. And then, having pointed to the crucifixion, he acknowledges this. 27. 
Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. Now pause there. Thomas, we've had a, a word come up multiple times. Glory, glorified. Glo- if I just say glory, what do you generally think of? Um, riches, power, dominion, all those things Revelation would describe, I suppose. W- w- would you think the triumphal entry was pretty glorious? Yeah, in a manner of speaking, for sure. And yet, we got back in uh, uh, verse 16. His disciples don't understand these, these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And, 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 and Father, glorify your name. A voice came from heaven. I have glorified it. In John's gospel, glory isn't laud and honor mm-hmm. so much. If you want to get the chief example of what the glory of God is, you don't look at, oh, Palm Sunday, yay, how happy. The, the kids are marching in with, with palm branches. And da, da, da. and I, my, my son got to do that this year. It was kind of fun. Yay. <laughs> that, that's cool and all, but that's not the glory the point that comes up here is the glory, the true glorification of God the Father, the glorification of Jesus, is the cross, is Christ's death and resurrection, because that's where God's redemption is. The, to glorify God, to, to ascribe to God great glory, to praise him, is to praise him for his salvation that he wins for us. Not just how much stuff God has. He's created the universe. Great, he's got stuff. If I wanted bulls, I would have had enough of my own. I don't need you to sacrifice me a bull because I needed a bull. But rather, look, the whole point is about redemption. It's about forgiveness. It's about the life that he gives. So here you get this beautiful, beautiful back and forth, even, even back and forth between the father and the son about Redemption about the crucifixion, about resurrection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, I've come to this hour. Why to glorify you? How am I going to do it when I hang on a cross and die? Father, glorify your name. I have glorified it, and I'm going to glorify it again. I'm passion you, and then I'm going to raise you from the dead. And you know what? Because of that, every knee is going to bow at your name, son. Woo! Cool. What? What? Oh, okay, no, I'm not going to do a what? What? That's just horrible. Hated. <laughs> Ugh. It's like a bad scene from Zootopia, which I haven't seen yet, but I can imagine. All right, <laughs> so let's carry on from there. What is the reaction when people hear Jesus talk about needing to be glorify the Father and, and hearing the Father's voice from heaven? The crowd that stood there and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said, an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, this voice has come for your sake, not mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show by what kind of death he was going to die. Now think about this. The voice is for your sake. Most people don't get it. Don't understand it. No, no, no. Oh, it's just thunder. It's just an angel. No, 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 no. Now is the judgment of the world. Now will the ruler of the world be cast out. How might people hear that at first? Oh, great. Now he's going to kick out the Romans. Now he's going to take out Caesar. If you follow this man, you're no friend of Caesar's. Uh, Mm -hmm. No, 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 no. 
When we talk about the ruler of this world, we're talking about Satan. Now is the judgment of the world. I am going to fight Satan. I'm going to beat him down. I'm going to stomp him. I'm going to do all that stuff I promised back in Genesis 3. And do you know how the world will be judged? The world will be judged innocent on account of Christ. The world will be justified on account of Christ. The world will be reconciled unto God on account of Christ. This is total stuff. In fact, when I am lifted up, when I am put upon the cross, I will draw all nations unto myself. Woohoo! In fact, John acknowledges, yeah, he's talking about how he's going to die. This is lifted up on the cross type of language. Um, how might you hear it, though, if you aren't even thinking about the cross? If I just say, when I'm lifted up from the earth. I'm thinking on a throne somewhere. High and mighty. Do, do you see how you could totally miss here everything Jesus says here? Mm -hmm. If you come at it with the presupposition, oh, you should like this. If you come at, at it with the presupposition that Jesus is here to chew bubble gum and kick some backside. <laughs> huh? 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 All right. He's, he's getting ready to, to blow some bubbles while he's stomping the Romans all over the place mm -hmm. and takes up his own awesome throne. But when you hear that, see things through the cross, through through that lens, then suddenly there's life, there's salvation, there's the whole salvation story playing on out. Right on. All right, cool beans. All right. How about you finish off to 36? Okay. Uh, oh, so, okay, 36A. <laughs> fair enough. Okay, so the crowd answered him, we have heard from the law that the Christ remains forever. How can you say that the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? So Jesus said to them, The light is among you for a little while longer. While you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. W sorry, walk while you have the light. That's important. Lest darkness overtake you. The one who walks in the darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of light. Now we start having the quibble. Wait a second. Lift it up. Okay. That might not be throne language there. That might be crucifixion language. That means you might ascend and go away. Oh, wait a second. Wait, 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 wait. We want an eternal kingdom with a guy who's just going to stick around on the throne forever right now. How, how's this going to work? If you're crucified, if you're ascend... Now, what I will say, Thomas, is how actually does it work? How is Christ eternally with us, even now before the last day, having been crucified and ascended. Well, I think the operative word there is ascended. So to ascend, he had to first rise. And, and then that's, of course, how he can be with us, obviously through the, the body and blood on the altar, among other ways, but primarily the that way. The preaching of the word. Hey, they knew him in the breaking of the bread. If we want to go all Lucan. I, mm -hmm. I, so, so, I mean, they, they, their qualms are almost, almost on. Because he is with it. Lo, uh, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. But it's not the, the presence of Christ that they were looking for. They weren't looking for a salvific, forgiving presence. They were looking for a glory, glory, hallelujah, let's go kill Johnny Rebel, I mean Roman soldiers, and, and woohoo! And so their, their vision is off, and Jesus calls them on it. You're not thinking in terms of light, lightening the whole world you're thinking you're 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 really thinking kind of dark thoughts i mean if your hope and goal is i hope we get to kill a bunch of people today that's kind of a dark <laughs> thought 
that is not helping your neighbor in his body and life. All right. <laughs> so, so, so Jesus is warning them, look, no, no, walk as children of light. You get to be light unto the world. You get to be, well, just as I am the true light to lighten the Gentiles, you will get to reflect my light and lighten the Gentiles. This is awesome. You, the, the, these Roman people are, are your, should be your brothers in me. Yeah. How do you think that one is going to go over? Lead balloons don't exist yet, but that would be an appropriate analogy. So how much time we got left? We are sitting at about uh, four minutes. Till, oh, good. Till close. Then, then let, let's actually go over to and, and hear the reaction of the people then. Excellent. <clears throat> um, when Jesus had said these things, he departed and hid himself from them. Though he had done so many signs before them, they still did not believe in him. So that the word spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Lord, who has believed what he heard from us, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore they could not believe. For again Isaiah said, He has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, lest they see with their eyes and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. Isaiah said these things because he saw his glory and spoke of him. Now do you get that? Isaiah Isaiah is looking at the glory of the Lord, looking at the plan of redemption. Mm -hmm. Nope. Nope, they, they, they didn't believe him. They didn't care for him. Da, 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 da. He, he, they're blind. Harden their heart. Confirm them in their darkness and their idolatry because it wasn't, his salvation wasn't the salvation they wanted. Lest they, well, uh, all right. If you'd finish off that little section, uh, 22, uh, 42 through 43. Okay. Nevertheless, many, uh, even of the authorities, believed in him. But for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it so that they would not be put out of the synagogue. For they love the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. Now, Thomas, when was the last time you heard John twelve forty three? For they love the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. I mean, it's not an infrequent citation, but I don't know, a couple months, a couple weeks. See, it's one that doesn't come up often just if I'm reading in, in general theological stuff online, it's not one that comes up often. Because you know what happens in America? What do we tend to love more? The glory <laughs> that comes from man or the glory that comes from God? No, the former for sure. And and but here you get this this beautiful contrast. It should be the cause of great celebration. We've just had Jesus enter Jerusalem, and even the Gentiles are coming here. Even the Greeks are coming, and and and. He, Look, the salvation of the world is at hand. Behold the Lamb of God. He's taking away the sins of the world. It's going to happen this week. Woo! Wait a second. We, we, we want a dude on a throne ready to kick our enemies' backsides. What are you talking about? What, what is this forgiveness and love, you hippie? We want a warrior. <laughs> and so it, it, you're getting the giant contrast, the giant tragedy of what goes on that that. No, they don't believe. They're blinded. And God lets them stay blind. And no one gets it. No one's happy. It's not what everyone wants it to be. And why? Because we don't understand glory. We wouldn't understand glory if it, if it smacked us in the face, if it were, were hanging on a cross in front of us. <laughs> right. And so this is one of the things just to, I, I think we should remember. We need to have our glory in order. We need to have, we need to pay attention and believe the word when it declares, this is the glory of God. 
that he suffers and dies and rises for you. Because this is the thing, our sinful flesh will always want to denigrate forgiveness. Thomas, this past Sunday, over and over again, I heard, I spoke, forgiveness, mm -hmm. life, salvation. Does anything really trump that? Nope. Yet how often during the course of this week already has my own sinful flesh tried to have me think of other things as being more important, more vital. I've got to get to this. I've got to do this. This is the great big thing. Oh, this is what I really, really want. Probably more how often than not. How often do we get caught up in the junk of life? Daily. Yeah, yeah, daily. Well, here's the reality for you, Thomas. Over and against the junk of life, which often disappoints, you're forgiven. Christ Jesus has died for you. He is glorified. He has died and risen, and guess what? Because he has, so will you. <laughs> so are you, and so will you. Yeah, you are forgiven. You will rise again. There, that, now I've lined with the tenses. All right, it's all good. That'll preach. <laughs> so, that'll that'll preach, pig. That'll preach. Wait. <laughs> I don't know if our kids have seen, babe. That'll do, pig. All right, okay. Good. I'm making movie reference to kids' movies, but they might be too old. Oh, I'm <laughs> old. Oh, okay. Thank you for allowing me that slight momentary freak out. My pleasure. So much gray in my beard. It's horrifying. Enjoy life while you're young. Walk, <laughs> walk in youth while you can. Well, I'm actually getting old is better. So, all right. All right, right Solomon. Shall we, shall we close? <laughs> Hear the words of the preachers. Vanity is vanity of vanity. Lol is vanity. Okay. All right. Nice. All right. Well, with that, that closes the episode out for the week. So, Lord willing, we'll be back next week with uh, more Gospel Boldly and following up in the Gospel of John. All right. Have a good one, y'all. <laughs> <laughs>